Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, Successfully Engaging Members in Planned Governance. This podcast is extracted from a webinar presented live on January 30th, 2019. In this podcast, we will hear from Angela Addo, the Community Development Manager at Edna Better Health of Michigan, and Katherine Hanflan, the Community Development Coordinator at Edna Better Health of Michigan. In this podcast, they will share how they engage members in the governance of their own plans serving Medicare and Medicaid enrollees. So my name is Angela Addo, and I'm the Manager of Community Development for Aetna Better Health Premier Plan here in Michigan. Good afternoon. My name is Katherine Hanplan, and I am the Community Development Coordinator for the Aetna Better Health Premier Plan here in Michigan. And today we're going to be talking about the fundamentals of engaging members in plan governance. Next slide, please. So I'll start with a brief overview of Aetna Better Health Premier Plan in Michigan. We are an MMP, or Medicare Medicaid plan, serving individuals 21 and over who are fully eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid. We are the second largest MMP in Michigan with about 6,500 members. And we were launched in 2015 as part of the Medicare Medicaid financial alignment demonstration, which is called My Health Link here in Michigan. Um, the demonstration here in Michigan has four service regions, but we operate in, in three of them. Um, on, two are on the southeast side of the state and one is on the southwest side of the state, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in the presentation. Um, I just wanted to draw your attention to our Aetna value wheel here on the right side of your screen. It talks about our four core values, integrity, excellence, inspiration, and caring, and it just says that everything that we do here at Aetna centers around the people that we serve. Next slide, please. So I want to give you a brief overview of our um, Premier Plan membership. So this is the total membership for the plan. Um, and this, is, this shows our membership by race. About 49% of our membership is non-Hispanic white and 41% is non-Hispanic black. About 2% of our membership is Hispanic and about 2% um, classify themselves as other, which could be Arabic, Native American, or Asian. And we do not know uh, the ethnicity of about 6% of our population as it was not provided during the time of enrollment. Next slide, please. So this slide shows our membership by sex and age. One thing that I did want to point out is that 55% of our members are under the age of 65. So when you think about individuals who are eligible for Medicare in any way, you tend to think of individuals who are 65 and up, but we do service individuals who are 21 and up. So we have a large portion of our population who is from the ages of 21 and 64. So we always just try to keep that in mind when we think about um, the way that we do outreach and the way that we recruit members to our advisory council. And I just wanted to add that 57% of our membership is female. Next slide, please. So our advisory council here in Michigan is composed of members, stakeholders, and guardians of enrollees. And the purpose of the council is to gather feedback about plan programs, services, materials, and cultural competence. Our advisory council also reviews and recommends strategies for creation and improvement of all programs, services, and materials. Next slide, please. So I wanted to give you guys a brief overview of how we recruit members to our advisory council. So we use two methods primarily, which are community outreach events, which include senior health fairs, food distributions, and events at senior housing facilities. 
So a lot of times we'll have a member come up to us and say they're a member of Aetna Better Health Premier Plan. Sometimes they'll even show us their card, um, and they'll give us some feedback about the plan. We try to keep our advisory council applications on hand at at a community outreach events so that we can hand it to someone if they express interest in the advisory council once we talk to them about it. And they can fill it out then, or they can mail it, you know, they can take it and mail it. Our application is also available on our website online, so members can download it and send it in if they're interested in participating. We also use our care coordination team to make recommendations about advisory council members. So our care coordinators will often recommend members who are very actively engaged in their care plans or who provide really good feedback about um, plan services and how they are working. And so they feel like if a person is able to really be active in their own care planning or provide really good feedback, they would be a good candidate to um, participate on our advisory council. So then we'll have the person fill out an application. Next slide, please. So as I mentioned earlier, Aetna Better Health Premier Plan operates in three of the four service areas um, in the state of Michigan for the MMP uh, demonstration plan. We operate in Region 4, which is in southwest Michigan and contains eight counties. And this region tends to be more rural. We operate in Region 7, which is Wayne County, where the city of Detroit is located. We also operate in Region 9, which is Macomb County. And Region 7 and 9 are more urban areas. Uh, so you can see a brief overview of the demographics of our members. In Region 4, we have 16 members and three caregivers on our advisory council. Um, our advisory council is 58% female and 63% Caucasian. We also have a Native American representation on the advisory council, and the age range is from 33 to 74. In Region 7 and 9, we have seven members. 57% of our members are female. 100% of our participants are African American, and their age ranges are 39 to 74. We did want to point out that if you look at our two advisory councils um, on each side of the state in total, it's a, a closer representation of our plan um, membership as far as demographics um, are concerned. So 50% of our total advisory council is African American, 46% is Caucasian, and of course 4% is Native American. Um, one thing that we are looking at next year is we want to assess where we have any diversity gaps on each side of the state and tweak our recruitment efforts to ensure that the council is a representative of the plan in each region. Um, our council meets four times a year on each side of the state, so we have eight meetings in total. We provide transportation along with the $25 stipend and lunch to support participation. And I really want to emphasize that our council is fully engaged with the plan. We do not have issues with attendance. Our council members are super excited to attend the meetings. And when they do miss a meeting for whatever reason, they are really upset about it. So we have really had great participation from our council. Next slide, please. So with that, I will pass it to Catherine so that she can talk to you about building a culture of engagement. Thank you, Angela. So we want to discuss about how we build a culture of engagement in our advisory councils. Well, first off, we do encourage an open environment free of judgment. Um, our MAC charter actually indicates that each member in Canaan be confidential in anything that's shared with any advisory council meetings. and listen to each other with respect of each other's views and opinions. In addition to that, every meeting we have, we do have a little verbiage at the bottom of our sign-in sheet that just reiterates the policies 
uh, for the MAC Charter that we do respect each other's opinions and that we keep everything confidential. And this includes any guests that come to the meeting that are not regular attended um, advisory council members. They do also sign a non-disclosure agreement. In our advisory council, all of the topics are centered around the members, not the health plan. So our members have the floor for the majority of the meeting. And our members, caregivers, and partner agencies sit at the boardroom table and staff tend to sit along the wall. Depending on the size of our, our meetings that day, we could have additional guest speakers that make our meeting larger, so our staff tends to sit away from the table so that the focus is still on the members and the caregivers. Our advisory council members can suggest meeting topics. For instance, we did have a member um, suggest transportation and our transportation vendor has been coming to the meeting for the past few years and our members provide feedback on their policies and what they can do to help improve transportation process. For instance, they did suggest perhaps having ID cards for their drivers so that they can verify that they are working with a transportation company as well as improvements to the transportation vendor customer service team. Our members are also able to invite guest speakers, so if they have topics or people they'd like to hear information about that could help our health plan, they are encouraged to invite um, people to attend and we can get that put on the agendas. So our members do lead the conversations. When we have our vendor with transportation there, our members are fully engaged and they are the ones doing all of the legwork. We're just there to help facilitate the flow of, um, of conversation. Members can also provide feedback on proposed agenda items. We typically will send out the invitation to the meetings about one month prior to the meeting that's scheduled. And inside that invitation, we do include a proposed agenda. If a member decides there's something they want to talk about, they can call us uh, with a proposed agenda item. Or at the end of all of our meetings, we do ask them to provide any new topics that they want to discuss for the next council meeting. We did have one of our members ask for information about the opioid crisis and how it affects access to pain medications. So one of our meetings, we did invite our director of pharmacy to discuss the limitations of prescribing opioids and the, the hoops that we have to jump through to um, get those medications administered. Because of that, and our members have, in, have interest in the Narcan training, learning about the opioid crisis, so we're looking at implementing those kind of trainings as well as CPR classes that they've expressed interest in as well. Next slide, please. So if you look at the graphic on your right, you'll see how our advisory council, the health plan, and the quality management improvement oversight committee all work together. So the flow of communication is, is open and it all reports up to our plans governing board. To keep that fluid, one of our advisory council members also serves on our plans governing board to act as a liaison between the two entities. Our CEO also attends all of our advisory council meetings as well as all of the plans governing board meetings. And in her absence, if she's unable to attend, she does send the COO for consistency of executive leadership in both of those meetings. All of our advisory council meetings are reported to the Quality Oversight Committee as well as the Plans Governing Board. And here you'll, you'll find that the importance of having the advisory council members serve on the Governing Board so that they can ensure that the information that we did report on the minutes is properly reported to the Governing Board. 
Members can provide feedback um, from any of the council meetings to the health plan that need to be implemented, and it gets reported to the respective department of the health plan. If any changes or updates need to be made, they are shared with the committee and reported back um, to the advisory council. Next slide, please. So the impact that the advisory council has on the health plan here at Aetna Better Health Premier Plan, most recently it's member communication materials and marketing pieces. Our members wanted to have more information about communication with what's happening with benefits, typical health information, so that's led to a creation of a member magazine that we're actually working on. Now this magazine would contain any updates about benefits for the health plan that will also be included in their new member handbook at the beginning of the year. However, it's in a more uh, attractive format as far as a glossy magazine type style publication. So we would have updates about benefits as well as different health, uh, like around the flu season, we might put an article about getting your flu shot um, and any kind of vaccinations that are pertinent to our membership body. This past year, we did a complete overhaul of our member outreach brochures and materials. Our members provided feedback on the appearance and content of the brochures. They wanted us to include more inclusive photos that reflect the proper age, sex, and race of our membership population. So we did add some more diverse photographs in our marketing materials and made the materials easier for communication to our audience. Council members do uh, bring us information about competitor benefits and ask us to compare our offerings to make our health plan more competitive. So based on this information, we do review that and sometimes we can add or change our benefits. As any new or revised benefits are implemented and the marketing materials for the benefits are designed, the council is consulted to ensure that one, the benefit is administered in any way that makes it easily accessible to members, and two, that the marketing materials clearly communicate what the new benefit is. So this past year, we did a revision of our value-added benefit package for members. The past few years, we've had an over-the-counter benefit of $20 a month from a specific catalog. Based on recommendations from our council, we changed that this year to a $90 quarterly stipend, or excuse me, a quarterly amount that they could use by either a debit card to take to participating uh, retailers, or on our website, we do have an online link that they can order those uh, items as well. And if they have any issues accessing the internet, their care coordinator can help them with that too. And also, additionally to 2019, our members highly advocated for a fitness benefit to be more competitive with the other health plans. So we did add that to the benefit. And with the revision of these new benefits came to the next slide that we'll, we'll get into, and I'll show you the, the breakdown of what, the, what happened. Next slide, please. So on your screen, you're going to see an example of one of our newest brochures that we came up with this year. On the left side of the screen, we did include a more diverse photograph that represents our member body, as well as right next to it, that's a list of all of the covered benefits that are required of all MMP plans. On the other side of that flyer is a breakdown of all of the additional benefits that Aetna Better Health Premier Plan offers our members. So we highlight the difference of what's basic covered and then what we cover in addition. 
So this also highlights the increased over-the-counter benefit as well as the new fitness benefit that we offer. Next slide, please. And I'm going to hand it over to Angela. She's going to talk about our CAP scores. Thank you, Catherine. So one of the things that our advisory council has been really helpful with is kind of getting a little bit more insight into our CAP uh, scores. And as many of you know, the CAP is the Consumer Assessment of Health Care Providers and Systems Survey. And we just wanted to uh, get a little bit more insight into um, some of the scores that we would like to improve. Um, so the first thing that we wanted to ask our advisory council members about was how we could improve our response rate for the survey. Um, and we explained to them that it's a survey that health plans send out to assess member satisfaction with the plans and providers. Um, and we just wanted to kind of get their feedback about that. And we also explained to them that the survey is used to compare us against other plans that are similar to ours. Um, so one of the things that they asked us was, hey, you know, who actually received this survey? So we explained that we don't know who receives it, but it's only a subset of the membership. So the advisory council suggested that we send out a communication to all of our members prior to the implementation of the CAP survey to let them know that the survey is coming out and that we would appreciate their honest feedback. And they also said that we should let members know that if there is any outstanding concerns or any things that they think were, you know, they would rate us, um, they wouldn't rate us well, that um, they should contact member services and try to see if they can get those issues addressed. One of the other items that we wanted to ask advisory council members about as far as our CAP scores were concerned was the um, availability of specialists in our provider network because our scores were not where we would like them to be. So the advisory council gave us feedback that perhaps one of the reasons that we're, we're, why people didn't rate us as we would have liked to have been rated was because um, there's some confusion about prior authorizations and what services require prior authorizations and the difference between prior authorizations and referrals. So as part of the member magazine that Catherine mentioned earlier, we are putting an article together to explain the difference between referrals and prior authorizations and to list some services that might need prior authorizations. We also learned during this discussion that especially on the uh, west side of the state where we have a more rural area, that um, specialists are not as easily accessible as members would like them to be. So we are sharing that information with our provider services team to ensure that certain specialists are more easily accessible for our members. There were also two other um, kind of topics that came from discussion um, with our advisory council about ways that we can um, better communicate with our members and educate our members. So our members um, expressed that they were having issues accessing their dental benefits. And what we found out is that our members would call the dental office and say, hey, I have Aetna, um, do you accept that? And the dentist would, you know, the dental office would say, yes, we do. But in fact, um, Aetna Better Health Premier plans are covered by DentaQuest. So we identified it, that as an opportunity for member education about how members actually access their dental benefits. So we are creating a marketing piece to notify members about you know, all of the dental services that are covered and to let them know that if they need help finding an in-network dental provider that they should contact member services. We recently learned that members are not aware of the grievance and appeals process and that they do have the right to file a grievance or to appeal a decision that the health plan made that they are not satisfied with. So we are in the process of 
creating educational materials around that particular topic as well. Next slide, please. And with that, I'll pass it to Catherine to wrap up. Thanks, Angela. So we talked about the impact of the Advisory Council on the health plan itself, but we want to wrap up the discussion about the impact the Advisory Council has on our Advisory Council members. And with that, our Advisory Council members have a shared sense of purpose among our members. They're making a difference for the health plan, our members, and potential members that will enroll into our health plan. They meet other people and other members who share similar experiences, and members express gratefulness of knowing that they're not alone in their health journey, that some people have similar experiences, whether it be housing issues, whether it be certain ailments. But they, it's nice that they meet people that have these same experiences in life. They find um, meet new friends among these. So a lot of people, a couple of our members have exchanged phone numbers and interacted with each other between our meetings. Um, so that's something that we encourage at the health plan, uh, socialization. And watching these relationships flourish over the past few years um, has been uh, very uh, warm to know that this drains from, uh, that comes from the advisory council. They have a feeling of family. So our advisory council is very welcoming. Everybody knows everybody. And one of our members shared how our council was like her family, and that the health plan and the membership of the council shows better concern for her um, in certain instances than her actual family. So that's something that uh, is openly expressed and that we find uh, very beneficial to our, our particular council. And our advisory council is member-centered, as I reiterate, but it's also very self-sustainable. We have 100% confidence that if we were to ever leave the health plan, Angela or myself, that our members will continue leading the discussions and the council will continue. At No Better Health Premier Plan staff helps plan and facilitate the meetings, but the members do lead it. And one last example I kind of want to leave you with is we hosted an Aetna senior leadership meeting at our office here in Detroit. And as part of their visit, we had our member advisory council members make a presentation to our executive leaders from all of the Aetna Medicaid plans in our region, including two other MMP plans, so they can provide insight to successes and barriers in our programs. It was powerful, and they provided invaluable insights, and we think it further demonstrates the value that we placed on the input of our advisory council. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Lewin Group and is supported through the Medicare and Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes a full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated and coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations and care models. To learn more about the current efforts and resources, please visit our website or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.